0: Welcome to Vet Story. I'm your host, Phil Briggs, and in this week's edition, we're going to honor Halloween, and we'll look at a deadly chapter of military history that's apparently creating ghost sightings all over the Antietam battlefield. Take a drive out to Sharpsburg, Maryland, and you'll pass through small towns and the main streets of villages that have stood the test of time. Standing by the nearby farms long before the Civil War, many of these small towns date back to the 1700s. But in September of 1862, these towns would have seen tens of thousands of soldiers from both the North and the South, marching to a battle that would become one of the deadliest days in American history. The Antietam battlefield saw some of the bloodiest fighting in American history, with 23,000 soldiers killed, wounded, or missing after 12 hours of savage combat. I recently spoke with park ranger Brian Barris about it.
2: I've been here 20 years, and there are times that it's eerie to be at the battlefield, but I've never seen anything, heard anything. You know, it's just more of a feeling that, uh, you know, there was some terrible things happened here.
0: Although he has not exactly had a first-hand experience, reading the bloody history of this place, it's easy to see why many people over the years have made that claim. Bloody Lane is essentially a sunken road that once separated the two properties of local farmers. But on September 17th of 1862, it served as a rifle pit for two well-armed Southern Confederate brigades. This is how PrairieGhosts.com depicted that battle.
1: The road was ordered held at all costs. The Federals tried numerous times to overrun the road, unit after unit falling back under the rain of fire from the Confederate position. Finally, a vantage point was reached where the Union troops could fire down upon the road's defenders. It became like shooting animals in a slaughter pen and bloody lane soon filled with bodies stacked four and five feet deep.
0: Over the years, Bloody Lane and the fields that surround it have become one of the creepiest places on the battlefield. Some visitors have described hearing the sounds of phantom gunfire, the smell of gunpowder, and faint visions of soldiers roaming the field in the fog. One of the best known stories is about schoolchildren from the McDonough School in nearby Owings Mills, Maryland. As the class ended their battlefield tour, they were allowed to walk around the field adjacent to the sunken road and document what they'd learned that day in a brief writing assignment. The history they learned that day included the tragic tale of the soldiers with the 69th New York Regiment, known as the Irish Brigade.
1: These Union soldiers were fierce Irish immigrants, who continuously charged the entrenched Confederate position until they were out of ammo. With heavy casualties, they continued their fight, determined to conquer the Confederate shooters with just their bayonets. With each volley of gunfire, the brigade screamed the war cry Fa'a Bala, which is Gaelic for clear the way. Fa'a Bala. Their screams eventually faded as they lost nearly 60% of their unit on what became one of the bloodiest battles in Civil War history.
0: More than a century later, the McDonough schoolboys who had ventured to an area about 100 yards from Bloody Lane, described hearing something like a chant. Similar to the Christmas song Deck the Halls, the legend contends that these boys described hearing chants as sounding like the portion of the song that goes fa la 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 fa la 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 la
1: fa a bala fa a bala
0: Though we may never be able to truly confirm what those boys heard that day one can imagine that fa la 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 is similar to the faint sound of fa a bala coming from the slaughtered Irish brigade
1: fa a bala
0: Now, as ghost stories go, they're always fun to hear around a campfire or in a dark room. But I was curious to find more people with real-world experience with these kinds of ghosts. So I looked up a paranormal researcher, Angela Souders. She's the author of the book, Ghosts in Sight, True Stories of Ghosts and Hauntings. Angela, happy Halloween week and welcome to Vet Story. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to have you. And uh, on my recent trip out to Antietam National Battlefield, um, I've gone there several times. And with your paranormal expertise, I have to say, do you agree with me when I say that's an eerie damn place?
2: (laughs) It is, as a matter of fact, and has lots of ghost stories to go with it. There are a lot of battlefield areas, but Antietam is definitely a hot spot.
0: She went on to tell me about her first experience near the Bloody Lane Battlefield.
2: In this particular time I was there with a friend, it was daylight, and we were actually walking up and down Bloody Lane because we were simply visiting, uh, just for no other reason than to visit the Antium battlefield. And we were on Bloody Lane, and we happened to be the last couple of people that were leaving uh, because it was just before dusk, and we started hearing some sounds off across the field. We I mean, knew it was coming from the field, but we couldn't see anything. But we heard this sound, which was more along the lines of, and I didn't know what it was wasn't really sure at all but i was convinced that we must be hearing something that had to do with the battle it was only later when i was watching a tv show about gettysburg actually where they were showing cannons being fired that i learned myself that cannons actually make that sound when the cannonball goes flying i had no idea that that missile made that sound and recognized it immediately went wait that's what we heard so we heard cannon fire across the field while standing in Bloody Lane.
0: Wow. So it was like the kind of like the whoosh, the 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 whoosh like the air you know, coming around the cannonball as the projectile was flying through the sky. Right.
2: Wow. And and I couldn't explain it because we weren't hearing the boom, we were only hearing the whoosh.
0: Mm. (laughs) Hmm That's frightening. Now, while it's good to hear ghost stories, I wanted to hear some actual sounds that she's gathered from some of her investigations.
2: We were investigating a home that's actually in Hagerstown, Maryland. And uh, we—and this is written about in the book, as a matter of fact. And when we were there, I went to the top of the stairs. I placed the uh, recorder at the top of the stairs. And I was looking at a wall covered with family photographs. So I said out loud, that you know I said, "Wow, look at all these people. I mean, <laughs> the wall was filled. There wasn't an inch left that wasn't covered with a, a family photo of some sort. So I stood at the top of there, and I had my uh, other investigator that was beside me to my left, and as I stood at the top at the landing, I said, "Wow, look at all these people. I wonder if that person is here, you know that that's haunting this if there's a person haunting this home if if they're one of these people on the wall. And then I felt a physical tug. On my T-shirt from the right side of me, which unless my friend had, you know, four long, four foot long arms, he would not be able to do. Right. And they were tugging at my shirt and there was three hard tugs on my T-shirt. I basically pulled myself together in those two seconds it took to do that. And I said, is the person that just changed my shirt pictured on this wall? Because then I made it more specific uh, of a question. And the E D key that you will play, I understand, and we're able to do that, is the answer.
0: It wow, that is really audible. Let me do it one more time. Sure. This <laughs> one. It was me. I mean, it's right at the very beginning. <laughs> Was there any other explanation for where that sound could have emanated from? Was there a television on in another room? No,
2: we go dark. That means we turn everything off. There is nothing on at all except for our flashlights and our equipment because we don't want anything like that, any type of radiation, electronic or otherwise, to interfere with the readings that we take. So, no, we were in a dark house. Everything was off. And it's a house, not an apartment. There are no walls. And this is a a very, it's a neighborhood where houses are actually quite a, a good distance apart from each other as well. There was no one in the house we did not account for that was speaking at the time. Because we're very careful about that. That if we do talk, we do not whisper so that these whispers are not misinterpreted as ghosts.
0: This one That That is just absolutely, ugh. That's the things of nightmares right there. Let's talk about another clip in the EVP library now. Give me uh, another example that I can share.
2: Well, I'd I like you to do uh, the what it says of, what is it, the little girl. We were investigating up in uh, Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. That's where this took place. And there was supposed to be a little girl ghost that was really driving the mother crazy because she had some little girls and she was worried for them. So... She shipped the girls off to Grandma's house. It was just her, no one else, not even her husband. He found someplace else to be. And it was just the mom and our team. And we understood that the little girl had been seen by many a family member. And she'd been seen a lot upstairs, uh, specifically in the mother's, uh, in the master bedroom. So we put a recorder on the bed, and we, and we put a little dolly there, too, because it was a little girl who was being seen about 10 years old in a white, uh, long little nightgown. And uh, we said to whomever was there, okay, this is your dolly, and if you want to talk to us, just talk into this, and we'll hear you. And we touched and pointed to the recorder. But this, this little girl ghost was probably from around the 1940s, from what we understood about the history of the home. And in fact, the little girl ghost did not know what a recorder was, so her response to us in the recording is the EVP that you're about to play, which is very simply, well, what is it?
0: Mm. Okay, let's give it a listen. Whoa, (laughs) okay, one more time. Yes. I mean, very distinct. What is it? It's uh, hey, a little girl. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh, wow. That is creepy. Okay. Okay. I, I'm really, really liking this game. Let, let's do one more. Go ahead and share with me another investigation. Hmm.
2: Okay. Let's see. Uh, of the other ones that are there, uh, i trying to think of one picture that would be be all oh, the children playing that that'll be a good one okay in the same house where the person said it was me mm-hmm. there was also upstairs some sounds that happened in this particular room that was so very haunted i will uh, urge you if you want to read about this it's called the green room in the book it was the same the green room but this house had lots of things going on and it was probably the most haunted place you've ever been to And in particular, this one room, there were the sounds of children talking and playing. There were no children, not only were there no children in the house, but the one child that did live there normally was about 14. And this house is a stone house that is separate. It's on its own little property. And there are spaces between the homes. And we had gone dark, as I said. But you can distinctly hear children talking and playing with each other.
0: <laughs> you do. It uh, about three different occurrences within that one clip. And let me hit yes. Let me do it one more time. Now, again, as at the time of the investigation, uh, you're recording this. Was it audible with your ear, or was it something you only heard later in playback?
2: No, that's, that's the sad part about it. Unless you take the time to actually play it back, which takes up even more time that you could be recording, you don't normally hear it. Now, there have been times where we have heard it audibly. Uh, there have been a few investigations where everybody heard it. Everybody wanted to know where it came from. Right? So that has happened.
0: Angela, real quick, tell me, where can I find your book? What's it called? And a little bit about it. It's
2: called Ghost in Sight uh, by Angela Touders, uh co-authored by uh, Joe Dean. And you can find it, actually, to go to our website and link off to Amazon. You can purchase it on Amazon in paperback or Kindle format. Uh, And it has about 30 different stories in it, all true of the different adventures that we've had. And I cannot honestly say that every one of them is about a ghost because sometimes when you go to research a home, and a phenomenon, it turns out to be something in the natural. But finding out what causes it, even if it turns out not to be a ghost, is still just as much of an investigation and adventure, and sometimes, well, to be honest with you, the clients are scarier than any ghosts we've ever found. So there's a few <laughs> funny stories in there too that'll uh, give you a, a brief rest It's kind of a roller coaster ride of scary, funny, and in between. So.
0: I don't know how you do it, but as I said before, I'm glad you do it, Angela. Thank you so much. CallSite.net. You are a a super paranormal investigator, and you've (laughs) documented some truly spooky stuff. Uh, Thank you so much for sharing that and uh, the story of the Antietam National Battlefield. You are very welcome. It's been a pleasure. And that's where this episode of Vet Story will die. If you have something you want to share or a ghost story to tell, feel free to message me, Phil, at ConnectingVets.com or you can contact me in the spirit world. Special thanks to Matt McCutcheon, production director and voice actor who lent his voice to interpreting some of the darker moments of Civil War history. And just like the undead, I'll be back with another tale to tell on the next episode of Vet Story.